0: You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back, folks. It's the Thursday edition of Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a great show for you. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be the the focus here coming up in a little bit as we get Marcus Mosher in here to tell us all about what is America's team and who you're going to be watching on Hard Knocks. But there are other things happening around the league. I'm Ryan Tracy, and this is Jake Lisco. How are you, Jake?
0: I'm doing well, man. There's surprisingly a few news items for us to talk about in the deadest time of the NFL calendar. And, And maybe that's why we're talking about Nikhil Harry's trade request from the new England Patriots. Maybe if things were busier, we wouldn't be talking about Nikhil Harry, but I think that it is the preeminent headline. And what do you think, Ryan is Nikhil Harry a bust or what do you think the, the trade value is? These are the questions that I think about when I think about Nikhil Harry's situation, which I really, I do not envy the guy. It's, it's gotta be rough for him trying to find his way in the NFL.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. I think it's July 7th, and uh, everything has a little bit more immediacy when there's a little scrap of news. I won't call anybody a bust until they, they've actually gotten a chance, and I don't know that he's earned that yet. I don't know what the internal proclamation is about his development. I don't know if it's a, a recognition thing, if it's the offense. I doubt it's a physical thing because I will say this about him coming out of college. I thought that he had the physical tools to mature into a player that could contribute. Um, I think he was overdrafted. I I will tell you that flat out. Um, And I think that's a lot of it. The expectation coming where he was drafted rather than maybe the third round where he belonged, I think has led to some of this. But it makes it difficult when you are stuck on a team whose offense is very, very structured and you have to conform to that. Not a whole lot of ad-libbing. And maybe that's a new home could really help him out.
0: I wonder where that would be. I mean, I honestly just feel bad for the guy that he won't get to play with Mac Jones. I mean, imagine the chemistry that could have come from that. He didn't get to play very much with Tom Brady, his rookie year. Cam Newton last year had his struggles and, and certainly no one would call that offense consistent or explosive, at least not as much as they wanted it to be. And he only played 14 games ends up with 57 targets. So, There is certainly a question of opportunity for Harry, and that's the point that his agent made in the release that went out. He said he wants more opportunity, essentially. He wants the ability to prove himself. He does not feel like after New England's offseason, that that opportunity is there for him, clearly, with the Patriots. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands. One uh, team that I saw floated out as a potential destination for him that is – definitely desperate for a wide receiver. And I think would provide him the opportunity would be the Detroit lions. Although there are some reasons that that is not necessarily the most desirable situation. He could at least rack up his share of targets there.
1: And I, I think so. And maybe it does say something that despite all the woes last season, that his market share did go up. He 57 targets is a healthy number. Can he get that? From another quarterback that maybe isn't quite ready to deliver the ball exactly where it's most helpful to the receiver, I don't know. We're going to have to find out. But I, I think that would be something. It's worth getting. I think out from under the blanket that you're under and just get a fresh start and try to really spark something. Don't get your kneecap chewed off, but I think you'll be okay if you end up there. Um, not everybody's happy, and I think there's always a question mark, not just about Nikhil, but also about you know, like old number one quarterback. Former MVP, I guess he's the reigning MVP. Sorry, he's not happy either. And you get little bits of information as we go through. I don't know that anything's changed, but how do you how do you take this news about Aaron Rodgers?
0: Aaron Rodgers is out there golfing, trying to enjoy his life. He's got an earpiece in, driving his golf cart, chasing one of his drives. And people are like, hey, you gonna play for the pack? You could tell me. You could tell me, Aaron. <laughs> you could trust me, Charles Barkley. You could trust me, Aaron. I won't tell anybody. Larry Fitzgerald out there trying to get information out of the poor guy. And he's like, Man, I'm just trying to enjoy and Tom Brady making jokes about it. Tom Brady being like, Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm talking to Rob Gronkowski. I'm I'm scouting my opposition. I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. He's 30 feet away from me, the leader of the Packers, I think. And you know, people are just taking their shots at at Rogers and He did say he would tell Charles Barkley privately when they're somewhere together next week. I wonder if that'll actually happen. That'd be very entertaining if Charles Barkley is the secret keeper as to Aaron Rodgers (laughs) future. But I I think that he, he must know something the way he's talking about it at this point. It's got to be coming to an end either way. Training camp right around the corner at this point, just a couple weeks away, by the way, DeChambeau and Rodgers end up beating Mickelson and Brady in their little match. They were up three with two holes to go. So the the nomenclature, three and two, they they win with the three and two. I I think I'm saying that right. I don't know golf all that well. Coming up next, we talk about something we do know about, which is football. And that's with Marcus Mosher. We're going to dive deep and talk Dallas Cowboys for the rest of the show.
1: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to make all your sports action bets. Baseball season, through the roof, NBA, NHL, obviously football, even UFC and MMA. Before the next contest, go to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the sporting news, the odds, the bonuses, everything you need to place your action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs at playoffs or even a brand new season. Head over to the website, use your device, and check it out today. You'll receive a 50% bonus on your deposit. That's 50% on top of what you deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And use the promo code LOCKEDON. Let them know that we sent you over there.
0: Ryan, let's welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast from Locked On Cowboys, one of the hosts, Marcus Mosher, Let's talk about America's team, Marcus, and let's actually start with the idiom America's team, which often used to refer to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So a couple of questions here. First, can you tell me about the history? Do you know the history of the phrase America's team, how that became associated with the Cowboys? And two, are the Cowboys actually America's team?
2: Yeah. So let's uh, let's do the history first, right? So do you remember those really old highlight films that NFL films used to do like for the, for the teams. It didn't matter what team you were. You got like the little VHS, which was 30 minutes long. They gave you, uh, like the, the season recap. Well, 1978, uh, Bob Ryan, who was the editor in chief actually called the 78 Cowboys America's team, the nickname kind of caught on 1979 week one against the Cardinals, CBS, uh, called the Dallas Cowboys America's team playing the Cardinals, uh, and it kind of just has stuck since then. And, yes, they are still America's team. When I, when I say the the name or the words America's team, you think of the Cowboys. They're on national television. Uh, they're on hard knocks. They're on everything. It's, of course they're America's team. See, I, I
1: completely agree with you, and thank you for re-educating me because I've forgotten that completely. And <laughs> when Jake says idiom, I think he's talking about me with a different ending letter <laughs> there. So I appreciate you bringing me back around. You mentioned Hard Knocks, and I think that's that's part of why Dallas landed this particular season, right? There, are, there is some change going on in that city, and I got to think that it is because of the history and the fact that they've been on that particular show a couple of times. Like this is just another boost for Dak and what the guys are going to go through and trying to adjust one more time.
2: And again, it's the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like if HBO wants to have gr- great ratings this year, having the Cowboys with Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott and all these skill, you know, fun skill players. It's going it's to do monster numbers. So, yeah, I, th- I think HBO's Hard Knocks is going to be a lot of fun this year. I-, I cannot wait to see the Cowboys on it.
0: The Cowboys, of course, as Ryan mentioned, have been on Hard Knocks before. They were on in 2008. They rejoin the illustrious roster of Hard Knocks teams, including the Cleveland Browns the New York Jets, Hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals, and the then Oakland Raiders. So just illustrious teams, quite frankly, that have had a lot of very recent success. Uh, And for our listeners today, for the Dallas folks that have tuned in for the Dallas-focused episode of Locked on NFL, I, I hope for your sake the Dallas Cowboys are very good at football this year, and that all starts and probably ends with Dak Prescott as we mm. saw last year. This team in many ways I think resembles last year's iteration of the Dallas Cowboys. One of the big differences is Dak Prescott appears to be ready to play football again. Is the expectation still that he'll be out there and and leading this team on week 1?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be out there in the first training camp practice. He was out there in OTAs and mini camps, So, he is fully cleared to go. Now, the Cowboys are going to be cautious with him throughout training camp in the preseason. We might not see him a ton in the preseason. We might only see a series or two at most. But, yeah, Prescott's going to be ready to go. He's feeling fantastic. Uh, he feels great about the offense. They're bringing back Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator. Uh, they're getting back two offensive tackles and Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. Uh, they have a plethora of weapons Ruscott should be in for a, a pretty big season. Actually, we were talking before the show, Jake. I listen, I think if Dak plays 17 games this year and the Cowboys make the playoffs, I think Dak is going to be the MVP of the of the season. I, I truly believe
1: it. Oh, I think that'd be incredible, and I hope that he does. My big question. When it comes to the organization, and I don't know the inner workings of how the Cowboys do their job, but medically, who's driving the bus here with Dak? Is it all about feel and what he feels he's ready to do, or are they putting in some checks along the ways to not maybe rush him back, especially in training
2: camp? Yeah, that's a really good question, because I think initially it was Dak. Dak was the one that was doing all the, the you know, rehab and all that kind of stuff with the team doctors. And then he actually had a little bit of a setback in the offseason, and he pushed himself a little bit too much. And the Cowboys kind of had to tell him, hey, tone it down. It's not important that you're ready by May 1st. Just make sure you're ready by September 1st. So uh, they've been working together. It seems like everything is going perfectly fine. Uh, But, yeah, the biggest problem for the Cowboys right now is Dak just wants to push at 110% all the time, and you just can't always do that with this ankle thing. But, again, he'll be fine for week one.
0: So we've got an argument for Dak Prescott, league MVP coming from locked on Cowboys host Marcus Mosher. Let's talk about the rest of the offense. You mentioned Tyron Smith and Lael Collins returning from injury. Obviously some very good players there. Zach Martin on the Mm -hmm. interior, one of if not the best offensive guard in the league, Connor Williams, at least a very solid left guard, a guy that I really liked as a tackle coming out of Texas all those years ago. And I don't know much about Tyler Beattas except for when I looked at his PFF numbers from last year. They weren't very good. So the offensive line, center aside, looks to be in really good shape if those guys stay healthy. Our expectation's pretty high. This is a unit that, going back to the Bill Callahan years in Dallas, has Mm -hmm. been really strong.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys have one of the most expensive offensive lines in football. So obviously they're counting on them to be a lot better Uh, Tyron Smith is healthy for the first time in several years. Lyle Collins did not play a single snap last year. Both of those guys were have been participating in OTAs and mini camps. They're going to be ready to go for training camp. You actually mentioned Tyler Biotish and that's a really interesting player because we talked about him on Wednesday's show on the lockdown Cowboys podcast. He only played, I believe six or seven games last year. Uh, But in the seven games that he started, he actually played with four different quarterbacks. He played with different guards next to him in three different games. So uh, he was somebody who did not really have a full training camp, had no preseason games to play in. Uh, The Cowboys were encouraged by what they saw last year, and they're expecting a big leap in year two. If Tyler Biotis can play like even an average center in the league, this should be one of the top three or four or five offensive lines in all football. I think that's going to be
1: key for them, too, and going back to deck, in in trying to protect him, maybe from himself in a lot of mm. ways, but definitely from the opposing defense. It's going to be, I think, something that you have to emphasize, Zeke, and try to use that run game. And I guess with the returning injuries, do you feel better about one side of the line or the other, especially with Biash in the middle?
2: I feel good about just about every spot on this offensive line. Again, it's all relative, right? You have three guys that can play at Pro Bowl levels when they're healthy. My biggest question is the depth, right? Like If Tyron Smith goes out, how do we feel about Brandon Knight or Terrence Steele or Ty Nischke filling into that spot? That's what we don't know. But if these five guys are on the offensive line and they're healthy and playing, I, I really don't have any concerns about them at all.
0: And that wild card of the draft pick out of Marshall, Josh Ball. That will be something that will always be in the back of my mind if he actually sticks with the Dallas Cowboys for a couple of years. Ryan, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, who for me, and this is an indictment of myself and and how closely or lack of closely I follow the Dallas Cowboys, very good player. The skill players in general, you can put them up against any group in the league. So you're talking... You think MVP quarterback, you think very confident in the offensive line. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about tight end. I don't know how much we're going to talk about tight end, but Blake Jarwin, I think, is fine, I -hmm. think, for for the amount of three wide receiver sets we're going to see out of Dallas. Do you think this is top five, top three, top one offense in the NFL? How bullish are you on this collection of players?
2: I would be shocked if they finished outside of the top five in offense. And frankly, I think I would be shocked if they finished outside the top three. And I'm not trying to have this come off as a cowboy homer, but they're going to have to be, right? Like this is an offense that's going to have to score 30 points a game, not because of all the talent they have on that side of the ball, but because of the lack of talent on the other side of the ball. Like they're going to go into these games saying, hey, when we get down inside the red zone, we can't kick field goals. We've got to score touchdowns. I think they know that. I think this is an offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, that's very aggressive. Mike McCarthy is very aggressive. I think the offense is going to be very, very good, but that's, that's really not the story of this team at all. I'm going to be
1: really interested to see how it goes, and I'll be watching one C.D. Lamb in particular. But like you said, the other side of the ball is a lot of question marks, and I have a few things that I want to get into. We're going to talk about the defense coming up next. Now we tell you about Bilt Bar because we enjoy them so much with all the protein, 17 to 18 grams per bar, low calories in the 130 to 180 range, really low sugar and net carbs. That's all good. But now they have something on top of it, that's a brand new flavor that's only available this week. It is the grasshopper cookie flavor. You've seen me throwing a few of those around on camera because we got a sneak peek at them and I love them. If you're into the the thin mint girl scout cookie thing, this is for you. I think you guys are really going to dig it. It's it's kind of a classic takeoff on that without all the sugar. This one in particular is, is 150 calories, 17 grams, and only five grams of sugar. It makes it really easy, and it is very, very limited. Is just this week. I want you to check that out because I think you guys are really going to dig it. Built Bar is really the place that you have to go if you want to have a healthy, nutritious snack or something to help you with what your program is right now. And we have a special promo for you. Go to Built.com and use the code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. The promo code is LOCKED15. You get 15% at Built.com. So my favorite side of the ball comes in when you're trying to actually stop somebody from scoring (laughs) points. So like we talked about in the last segment, there's a lot of question marks over there. But for me, couple of uh, nice draft picks the last couple of years. I particularly was a fan of uh, Trayvon Diggs, and I mm-hmm. feel like the scheme set him up year one to do pretty well, but I feel like he could really take a step forward in this defense covering at least one half of the field. How do you feel about where he is in development?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are really excited about Trayvon Diggs, and I think you can make a case that he's maybe their most important player on defense this year because – Outside of Diggs, they really don't have an experienced outside corner on this team. Uh, but everything we've been hearing this offseason is that Diggs is continuing to to work on his game. I thought he played really well down the stretch last year. Uh, they expect him to be a shutdown corner in Dan Quinn's scheme, and I'm excited to see it.
0: What are we expecting Dan Quinn's scheme to look like? And while we're on the topic, maybe you can educate the listeners a little bit about the rest of the Cowboys secondary and how they fit into that scheme. So when I look at the rest of this Cowboys secondary, I recognize, like readily recognize Kelvin Joseph, second round Mm -hmm. draft pick this year. And a guy, according to our lads depth chart for the Cowboys, that is a backup safety in Demonte Kazee. I don't know any, I mean, I recognize some of the names, but Mm -hmm. I don't really know the rest of the secondary. So tell me a little bit about what you're expecting to see scheme wise and how these players fit in.
2: It's a lot of hoping that guys play well because uh, there is just not a lot of established guys here. So the slot is good with Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis; those guys are fine. It's everywhere else. Donovan Wilson, uh, a third-year safety, they're hoping that he takes a step. Demonte Casey is a guy that the that the Cowboys brought over from the Falcons. He's coming back from a torn Achilles. Uh, they're hoping Calvin Joseph, Bossman Fat, as he goes by on Twitter. Uh, can have a, a big rookie season. They drafted a couple long, long cornerbacks in uh, day two and day three of the draft in Nation Wright, six foot four, 195 pounds. Uh, Israel Mukamara from South Carolina, another six foot four, 215 pound cornerback. The best way that I can describe this, sec- this Cowboy secondary, it's young and it's very, very long. It looks like pterodactyls out on the field when you're watching them at practice. But can any of them play? Outside of Travon Diggs, I I really don't know.
1: It's interesting. I don't think of fat when you say Kelvin Joseph. So hey, good for him. Put some of that weight on. Um, I'm I'm really intrigued by some of those guys as well. Um, Joseph is certainly intriguing mm-hmm. for me. It's the next layer. I thought when they drafted uh, Van der Ash, he came in. I thought he outplayed expectations initially, and then we know about the injury history. This looks to be like hey, we're gonna push you. Maybe you're not gonna be here that long. I like both of the selections in what Mike Parsons brings as well as Jabril Cox and getting some young bodies at the linebacker level on. But I think they do drastically different things. How do you expect to see them used and and will they be in very different roles?
2: So what do we say? Most teams in the NFL probably play two linebackers, what, 85% of the time? 80% of the time? I don't know what the Cowboys are doing. They might try to fit four or five linebackers on the field at one time because they paid Jalen Smith. Uh, top 10 linebacker money. They have Leighton Van Der Esch, who you mentioned. They spent the 12th overall pick on Micah Parsons. They signed Keon O'Neal to a one-year, $5 million guaranteed deal. They drafted Jabril Cox, who I think is one of the best cover linebackers in the draft. How are you going to find spots for all of these guys? I have no idea. I don't think they know. Uh, I think they're excited to get to training camp and see how it all shakes out. And frankly, it might be. Who's healthy for week one? Who's healthy for week eight? And that's how they determine the linebacker rotation. But I have absolutely no idea how it's going to shake out because Dan Quinn typically only uses two linebackers. curious to see which ones he picks.
0: Is Micah Parsons going to maybe have a a versatile role? Do you think that he has that in him or, or is that sort of fit to line up all over the place?
2: I think of all the linebackers, he is the one guy that can do the most things. Now, whether that's as a blitzer, I know some people have talked about him being like a 4-3 defensive end. I don't see that at all. I know that's what he was coming out of high school. I think he could be this third rusher, or third linebacker who rushes off the edge. But when you spend the 12th pick on a linebacker, you're going to play him, right? And I I expect him to be on the field. And when you spend $10 million a year on Jalen Smith, I expect him to be on the field as well. That's my gut right now. Those are the two linebackers that are going to play the most snaps.
1: The thing for me is the last line of defense is always called safety for a reason. And it's mm-hmm. when I look at the roster right now, I, I know we talked about Casey early. I, I'm just not sure if it's got enough to keep everything in front of it. And two guys that we we talked about, you mentioned uh, Mukwamu. Mm-hmm. I had him primed as a, a guy to, to change over to safety pre-draft. Yep. And I know that there were teams talking about Jabril Cox in that role. Could we see them go to more of a
2: hybrid thing in this defense? I think Makamu is probably the more likely you know guy to play safety. Uh again, I think Keanu Neal, if you need him to play that box safety role, he can do it. But I'll be honest, Ryan, that the safeties are not good. And I think they know they're not good. They're trying to go cheap there. They did not pay a lot for those for those starters. I think they're just gonna kind of cover their eyes a little bit and kind of peek through their fingers and say, Hey, we hope it works. If it's if it doesn't. Dak, you're going to need to score 35 today. Sorry, buddy.
0: And it looks like that's the way it might go. I mean, you're you're trusting a lot in a, a giant leap from Trayvon Diggs to so maybe hide these safeties a little bit. But even if you have one very, very good corner, there's generally going to be four other secondary players on the field. So that is a bit of a challenge. But perhaps helping all of this is the defensive line that is anchored, of course, by DeMarcus Lawrence, potentially looking for a breakout if Randy Gregory can be a full-time player as he started to play pretty well last year. And and I also am curious about Neville Gallimore because that's another player that I liked Mm -hmm. pre-draft. And I I don't know if he's been all that good since coming into the league, but are there high hopes for this defensive line as – there anything coming in, in the way of draft picks that we should be expecting? Is there anything surprising that might come out of this unit?
2: Yeah, I do think the defensive ends are fine, right? Demarcus Lawrence can play at a Pro Bowl level. Randy Gregory in spurts can give you that play. The backups are a little bit, it's uncertain, right? You're hoping Terrell Basham can win one of those spots. Maybe Bradley and I, uh, maybe Chauncey Golston, who you drafted in the third round this year. But overall, the defensive ends, they're, they're fine. It's the defense's tackle spot that is really concerning because they've thrown a bunch of assets at the position, but I don't know if you can rely on any of these guys. Tristan Hill, a second-round pick, didn't really do anything the first two years of his career. Now he's coming off a torn ACL. Neville Gallimore was okay as a rookie. like There was games where he looked fine, but he's really more a rotational, off-the-bench type of guy. Brent Urban is your starting one technique. He's fine, but it's nothing to get you too excited I think the defensive tackle spot and the safety spots are by far the two biggest weaknesses on this roster. And they eventually could be what keeps the Cowboys maybe out of the playoffs or out of Super Bowl contention. So
1: two things uh, as a Kansas grad, I would be remiss if I did not mention Doris Armstrong and let's hope that he's fine player. Roster, fourth, right? fourth, fifth defensive end It's fine. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. And the guy that I'm really interested in is Osa. And I know mm. he's the smallest defensive lineman on the roster, right? But, penetration wise being able to get in the backfield does he have a chance here to, to scratch in and to line up early in the season
2: yeah osa odigizua from ucla a guy that the cowboys really really like 285 pounds but plays like a one technique which is awfully rare uh the cowboys do like him i think he's going to be their swiss army knife uh, they actually have had a player over the last decade that did a lot of the same things in Tyrone Crawford, right? If you need him to play base end in a 4-3, he can do that. If you need him to play inside as a 3 technique, he can do that as well. I don't know if Osa is going to start this year, but I do think he's going to be a key guy in this defensive line that could give him 25, 30 snaps a game, who excels at stopping the run, again, at 285 pounds. It's just unbelievable to watch.
0: This sounds like a team that might be – frustrating in some ways it sounds like a a team that would be great for fans of offense the
2: Dallas Cowboys no never
0: (laughs) Tony Romo oh wait maybe it's too is it still too soon I love Tony Romo but no we
2: can talk about Tony Romo all day I love Tony
0: I mean I cover a team that has a quarterback whose upside comparison is Tony Romo so I have I have much love for Tony Romo but this is a team that is primed to score a ton of points if the offense stays healthy. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this. Looks like they're going to give up a ton of points, a ton of investment in the linebacker position and a lot of holes on that defense. What's the overall expectation for the Dallas Cowboys, given the things we've talked
2: about? So I know I'm very hard on this defense for good reason. But when you have Dak Prescott at quarterback and you look at the rest of the division and it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. You should win this division, right? Like I, I know the defense is going to be bad, but the Cowboys should get to ten wins. Maybe, maybe they're nine and eight. I would say around there. Win the division, get in the playoffs, and let's see what happens. But yeah, I think anything short of making the playoffs would be a massive, massive disappointment.
1: Kudos to you because I'm still thinking sixteen game seasons. It's going to take me a little bit. <laughs> it's going to take so. a while. That that was well done. One last thing: if there's somebody that through all the draft process, through all the, the comings and goings of free agency. Who's someone that's under the radar right now that I don't know about that. I need to be paying attention to.
2: Well, you know about this player, but I just, I want people to be prepared about what CD lamb was going to do this year. Like, I think, I don't think people understand that he is going to be in for a monster, monster season before Dak Prescott went out last year. First five games of the season, CD was on pace for almost 1500 yards. And that was with really a shortened training camp, no preseason. He was one of the most efficient receivers we've ever seen from 15 to 25 yards down the field. I would not be surprised at all if CeeDee Lamb is 1,500 yards, 14, 15 touchdowns this year. I think, I just think he is going to go in for just a, a monster season.
0: What I'm hearing is stack the offense for the Dallas Cowboys – in fantasy as much as you can. Marcus Mosher, thanks so much for your time. If you're interested, make sure you follow the Lockdown Cowboys podcast and follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Marcus, appreciate the in-depth look today at the Dallas
2: Cowboys. As always, thanks, guys.
0: Coming up next on the Lockdown NFL podcast, Chris and Q tomorrow have you covered with a season preview for the Denver Broncos until next Thursday, when Ryan and I are back with you, thanks for listening and have a good one.